Hello and welcome. You're listening to the You Do Woo podcast, and I'm your host, Allison Cullen. I'm a mom with a background in business and counseling, but I've always been tapped into the more woo-woo side of everyday life. I'm here to take you on an exploration of your spirituality, give you helpful life hacks, help you on this evolution through motherhood, and give you a weekly dose of useful woo. If you need your cup filled, your mind expanded, and you want to increase your manifestation abilities at the same time, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Hey, hey, everyone. I hope you're having a great week so far. I am definitely feeling the, I don't know, it's a good energy of momentum and like movement forward that came with the spring equinox and the start of Aries season. I'm still learning about astrology myself. I know little bits and pieces of it from what I learned through human design, but it's pretty fascinating. And it's really crazy how it sort of switched this past week to, or at least for me, just feeling a lot more good energy, like good, flowy, productive, manifesting energy. It's, it's gonna be a good spring season. I'm really excited to bring you this episode this week. It was literally probably the most fun I've had ever recording an episode. My friend Emily of the Two Bra or Not Two Bra podcast, I freaking love the name of her podcast, came on and we actually did a dual show, like a dual podcast recording that could fit for her show and for my show. This is the first time I've ever done that. So let me know what you think with that. I know that it was a little bit back and forth, but sort of in a fun way. We sort of volleyed stuff back and forth. We talked a little bit about human design, a little bit about what she does. We talked a lot about a lot of fun, entertaining topics. She does this thing on her podcast called Random Ask Questions, where when she has a guest on, she asks them like random questions. So that was, she put me on the spot with that, but it was sort of fun. There were some things that actually ended up getting edited out of the podcast, so I'll maybe share those with you on a private basis at some point, but it was pretty funny. It's just a really fun, lighthearted, hilarious, and super entertaining conversation, which is awesome because that was one of my intentions for this rebrand was to have a little bit more, I don't know, sometimes I take myself so seriously and I act so serious. (laughs) I need to lighten the F up sometimes. And Emily helps me do that. So we might have to record another episode again soon because there was like three things that we had on our outline to talk about that we didn't end up talking about because we were just sort of flowing. But anyways, it's a fun episode. I hope you enjoy. I will ask a favor of you if you loved this episode. I'd love for you to screenshot it tag me in it at you do woo and also share it with a few friends. That's how we're able to keep growing. And I have a lot that I have planned for this year. And the more listeners we have, the more likely all of those things are going to happen. So I appreciate your help in helping me grow this podcast organically by just sending it to friends. Like that's how I've heard of most of the podcasts that I listen to is a friend will send me it in a text message or a DM or whatever. So I so appreciate you helping me with that. And I hope I get to return the favor for you soon. 
If we have not yet connected on Instagram, come say hi. It's at you do woo. Send me a little hey in the DMs and I'll do my best to answer back. I'm not on Instagram all day, every day, but I do check it several times. I check my DMs several times a week and I'd love to connect with you. Enjoy this episode and I'll see you on the other side. round like five (laughs) of trying to record this. We will make this work. We made it work. We are here. Hey, I'm Emily. This is Allison. We are doing something new today. We're recording one podcast episode for both of our podcasts. Yeah. It's all about being efficient. Yeah. It's all about pressing the easy button in life, but for real. Like this is essential. Okay. We're going to get into like human design and all of this awesome stuff. And essentially what we're looking at in that is making our life make sense and create alignment and simplicity through the complexity of life. Also just sort of trashing any rules that you think you have to follow. I think that's my main thing is I'm like, what feels good? What works for me? Not like what everybody else is doing. I also have something to say. You're wearing a to bra or not to bra shirt, which is the name of your podcast. I love it. Okay. You're inspiring me to go ahead and get my merch game on. I've been putting it off. I've been watching Seinfeld for the past couple of months with all the like heavy stuff going on in the world. I just couldn't do. (laughs) I couldn't like start squid games. How long have you been watching it for? I started like, I think four months ago and I've just been watching it. Like the weird thing is, is that starting with season one is so weird. I had to like fast forward to season four, season one through three are definitely them sort of figuring themselves out, but it's still good. But so last night I fell asleep to the episode of Elaine's friend from high school who doesn't wear a bra. (laughs) And then I was like, Oh my God, I have my, my episode with Emily tomorrow. The to bra or not to bra girl. That's amazing. I should have not worn a bra just to celebrate this. Are you wearing a bra? What the hell are you doing? I am. It's a a Spanx bra. It's really comfortable, so it doesn't quite count, but yeah. Not an advertisement, you guys, but it should be, apparently. Bras are not comfortable, but when we do wear bras, we wear Spanx. Yes. I don't think I own an uncomfortable push-up bra anymore. I did in my 20s. We'll get there. We'll get to all the fun stuff. Let's dive in a little bit. For Okay. So for my listeners, if you don't know anything about Allison, one, you should, but it's okay if you don't, because like life's hard. And if you don't go listen to the intro, I tell you all about this magical guru. Yes. And then for anybody who are You Do Woo listeners, Emily's podcast is called To Bra or Not To Bra. I'm going to put it in the show notes. So go check it out because it's amazing. And I talk about her bio and everything. We just found out that we both were accountants in our past life. Not our past life, like this life, but our early 20s. Isn't that nuts, you guys? Like, And we're the same human design profile. Profile. So Emily, you're a 
6-2 projector and I'm a 6-2 generator, which I can get to later on. But yeah, projectors are pretty cool. My husband and my sister are projectors. So I like really... Two people I love most in my life are projectors, and I'm probably many, many more. But one thing I was telling Emily about is projectors are only meant to work like two hours a day. So for her, being a CPA was not going to last very long. For me, working in accounting lasted like 16 years because I am a generator, but it fucking didn't light me up. So I lasted two. I quit right before I was like a month before my promotion to senior Did you work for a big five? Yeah, yeah. I worked for KPMG. You don't work for them anymore. It's not like they're the devil. I mean, they're sort of the devil, all of them. But, you know, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) No. Okay. I loved KPMG. I really loved the people. I don't know any. Okay. Just so you know, I don't know anything about this. I was not a CPA. I, I worked for a very small firm that did only musicians stuff. So very different experience. Okay, so obviously, like, we talk a little bit before we record our episodes, right? And we were just talking about everything and anything and dating and stuff like that. And Allison was telling me how she used to date a lot of musicians. Is that why? Yeah, I worked in the music industry. I wasn't just, like, almost famous girl. So you, like, did their accounting and then you're like, hey, I did your books. Welcome to the background. It, It wasn't like that. I mean, like, that's a naughty fantasy. That could work. It was fun. In Austin, the whole music industry is like its own little family. It's sort of incestuous in that way, where like everybody dates everybody. But even from like my husband's the first non musician I ever dated, even like in high school. I like, I'm a musician myself. I'm, I play the flute. I know that that's a whole other thing. But yeah, my husband's the first non musician I ever dated, and he's a photographer. Oh, I just thought of my random ass question for you. The parasympathetic nervous system is just going off. Ooh, good interlude into that. Is that a music term? Interlude? Look at I was in band too. No, I wasn't. <laughs> so for the listeners of You Do Woo, if you haven't chimed into my podcast, I have a random ass question segment. It's exactly what it sounds like. We both ask each other random ass questions. And usually like we get into a little bit of the more in-depth stuff before we just dive right into that. But this is such a perfect transition. I feel like we just, we need to start with it. Yeah. There's no rules. No fucking rules. (laughs) Yeah. I created the segment. So (laughs) since we were talking about musicians and relationships, and then you mentioned that you were in band, which is just amazing. You paid flute. Flute. Like, you know, like, What's it called? American Pie. Everybody always yeah. makes for that. One time Smart. at band camp, we really had band camp. It wasn't like that though. So it wasn't like in your musician business. <laughs> no, real life band camp was you showed up at 6 a.m. during the summer, Monday through Friday, and marched your butt off, and it wasn't fun. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. You're not making band sound very no, attractive. It was I know, I know. Okay, go on with your question. So the question is. What was your first high school real-ish relationship like? Oh, okay. Assuming assuming that you had one. Yeah. I was joking about this the other day because my first boyfriend was in seventh grade, but I only we only dated for like two months. And I wouldn't eat I like took a whole month to even hold his hand and then I never kissed him. 
Poor guy. Oh, we were very opposite. Oh my God. <laughs> I was such like a prude. Okay. So I was like to- the total band nerd prude. And the weird thing, so I'm quite a bit older than you. My, my 20th high school reunion is coming up. I'm probably not going, but I was thinking about all of this because- Not after this podcast. <laughs> All of my close friends know about all of these things. My first relationship was in high school and it lasted through part of college. And I was a super band nerd. And my boyfriend was also in band, but he was also the quarterback of the football team. So it was a very weird, not normal thing. What high school did you go to? I know, right? It was in Houston, Texas, and we had like a really good band and a really good football team. And so he was just good at both. And I was good at band and school. I was like a super OCD straight A student, like always. Like That's a Hallmark movie where like the son plays as the quarterback and then he's like, oh, wait, I can do other things in my life, too. <laughs> So it was a weird, weird thing. But we, so we, we both liked each other for a long time, but we couldn't date because my best friend had a crush on him. And so we like for a whole year didn't date. And then he kept asking me out and asking me out. And I kept saying no, because he was going to the choir banquet with her. And then he asked me to the band banquet and I kept like saying no. And then finally, after he was finished going to the choir banquet with her, I said, yes. We're all still friends, so that's a good thing. It's so 14-year-old, right? Oh, my God, the choir banquet. <laughs> what was your high school experience like? Were you like a cheerleader? Oh, my God, no. But a lot of people thought that I was. Like, on, you know, on the game days at when all the girls would, like, wear their outfits? But we had, like, cheerleaders, which was called Poms, and then we had this... Drill team. Like, no. <laughs> Girl, I did not live in the South. (laughs) We are north suburbs of Chicago. This is like dancing. I don't know how to describe it. Not cheerleading, but like the dance team. And they're called jammers, I think. Yeah. And so it'd be game day. And there were like a few times throughout high school where one of my guy friends would walk up to me and be like, why aren't you wearing your outfit? And I was like, what are you talking about? And they were like, for jammers or whatever. I hope that's the name of it. And I was like, have you seen me dance? <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm flattered or if we just don't know each other as well as I thought we did. I did love to act. No one really knows this about me, but our acting program was amazing. And I took acting all four years. And like went through the levels of acting and did like the most prestigious one. I feel so much energy right now because you're younger than me and you're in like such a fun time of your life and you're in your Saturn. Wait, you're 28, 29, 29. 29. He's only, you're only like 38, right? Yes, I know. But a lot happens between 29 and 38 and you'll see. You don't act 38. No, I sure don't act 38, but it's fun to like live vicariously through you. Like any of my like single friends or friends without kids or whatever. I'm like, oh, like when we go out and hang out, I'm like, let's not talk about parenthood or any, like, I want to talk about your life. Like it's so much more fun. Goal is to like eventually have my life, not be single, but like have, have like fun, exciting things all the time. So 
The other day, it was St. Patrick's not too long ago. And the other day I had like a Facebook, you know, when you get like your Facebook memories come up where it's like, this is what you posted three years ago. It was my pregnancy announcement. I have a two and a half year old little girl. And so I had posted for St. Patty's Day, like a picture of our dogs and the pregnancy announcement and being like, no green beer for this mama. I'm having a baby, blah, blah, blah. And I posted it on Instagram on my stories. And so many people were like, oh my God, you're pregnant. I was like, do you see that that says 2019? Like that's not, you know, people just like see like a sonogram or a pregnancy announcement. They freak the fuck out. It's so weird. But then you post about like your podcast or your business and it's like crickets. Yeah, I know. People people are weird. People are weird. Okay, so question. Have you ever, well, have you ever thought you were pregnant or had a pregnancy scare or when was the, like, I was just thinking about this because I was like, that was the first time I ever took a pregnancy test was when I was trying to get pregnant. I definitely like maybe thought I was pregnant other time, but then my period would start. So what was your first pregnancy scare? That's a random ass question. So I've only had like two that stand out. I have the best answer ever for this question. Okay. We're going back to 13 year old Emily for this one. Mom, guys, I did not lose my virginity at 13. Although there's nothing wrong if you did. You had a pregnancy scare? This is fucked up. So my um, boyfriend, I was a little less prude than you. We like, you know, like did some hand stuff to each other. Had no idea what we were doing, but we did it. And I remember this so well. I'm in my friend's bedroom, like girls and it's me and we had like a group of five of us and we're like talking about what we did obviously and then I realized that like I hadn't had my period for a little bit or something which is so ridiculous because I had just gotten my period like last year like I was I wasn't in a hardcore rhythm yet also I don't think he knows about this so that's this is just fucking epic Y'all could have a 15-year-old child right now. That's not funny. That's not funny. <laughs> and that's so accountant of you that you just did that now. <laughs> so my friends convinced me that I could potentially be pregnant because I was like, what do you mean? We did not have sex. Here's the logic behind it. That he could have jacked off right before I like went over to his place or something, <laughs> didn't wash his hands or just something, and then fingered me and that, ew, I hate this word, but like the residue sperm got in me. This isn't possible, you guys, the sperm dies, but we were fucking 13 and got in me and got me pregnant. The story does not end there. Oh God. So I'm tweaking out, like thinking that you're potentially like, even though it wasn't logical, I was at the time. And we, the five of us, like march on over to the Walgreens near us and get a pregnancy test at the store. Five 13-year-old girls go into the bathroom Walgreens that I didn't even know existed. I didn't know Walgreens had bathrooms to the public and took the pregnancy test right there. You guys, scariest moment of (laughs) teenage. Clearly, I was not pregnant. That is my answer to your question. Oh my God. That is hilarious. Yeah. You'd have like a, almost a 15 year old. I just remember like we were hardcore Googling, like, 
is this possible? And then the forums were like, it was 15 years ago. So Google was a thing, but it was like just, so the forums were like, no one knew what the fuck they were talking about. And it was like, well, were you in a jacuzzi? When I was 13, Google did not exist. We had dial up internet and we were only allowed on for like 20 minutes at a time. And I had AOL instant messenger. I want to talk about human design because we're talking about like the transitions of our lives. And I think it ties perfectly into what you're going to talk about for people who don't know human design or anything. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck Emily's talking about. Good. I'll send you a little link where they can go get their chart for free. You do have to have your date of birth, your time of birth, which you can play guess and check if you need to. You can DM me on Instagram at you do if you like have trouble with this. And then you're like city and state of where you were born. But basically, I'll do like a really quick five minute overview. It's basically like a mixture of, I would say like if Enneagram, Myers-Briggs and astrology had a baby, this would be the baby is human design. And hopefully they for real get pregnant and then you get human design. Jesus. So there's five types. These are the, this is the thing. It's all about your energy, like your daily energy. And I have to date never had someone who didn't resonate like completely with their type. So holler at me if you, if you don't resonate with this once you find out, but there's five types, there's generators and manifesting generators There's projectors, which is what Emily is. I'm a generator, by the way. There's manifestors and there's reflectors. So I'm going to just tell you quick things about each one. Generators and manifesting generators are almost 70% of the population. When they're doing things they love, they create more energy. They can go and go and go all day and don't burn out. And you actually have extra energy that spills over to you that makes you like super magnetic and attractive. But you need to make sure that you're doing things that you enjoy. And you have sort of this like sacral center that's lit up and knows that things are either a hell yes or a hell no. There's no maybes for generators and MGs. So when generators and MGs are doing things that they love and that light them up, it helps everybody else in the world. Projectors. I love talking about projectors. Projectors are about 22% of the population. They are very, very powerful. They're sort of the future, this future like CEO type. They're not really meant to work for other people. They're only meant to work like two or three hours a day. And they really are the most efficient beings. They can do in 15 minutes what it takes others like three or four hours to do. So you're a projector. Projectors are really meant to be like guides for other people. You're sort of the like bird sitting on top of the highest branch in the tree and you have a bird's eye view. So it's great that you're a life coach and, you know, wellness coach. You're really meant to like handhold people through making life more efficient, more pleasurable and all of that kind of stuff for them. Is that why people tell me that I'm an expander? Yeah, pro- especially probably projectors. Um, yes. So an expander is like a role model, like somebody who's doing what you want to be doing. I mean, lots of different people could have you as their expander, but you'd. I will be sending a lot of projectors your way to show them like what a projector living in their design looks like because you're very magnetic. You make invitations come to you. You don't have to force things or hustle. Life just sort of works, works out for you. 
we got to get into others, but I have to put this in there that I was talking to my therapist yesterday and very big advocate for therapy. You guys, we love the therapy over here. And it reminded me. So she always tells me like four hours a day. That's not just enough, but like three to four hours. That's my sweet spot. Working more than that is not going to move me forward in any way. It's not going to be effective. And, you know, going from working 60 hours a week in mergers and acquisitions and like studying my ass off for the CPA. The first time she told me that I was in shock and then I accepted it. And oh my God, everything, everything changed. It's when projectors make a change, it's usually the most profound changes that I see. So many of my client, like one-on-one clients are projectors because they just want somebody telling them that it's okay to only work like three hours a day and that they're actually going to be more successful if they only work three hours a day and rest and play and have fun the rest of the time. Oh my God. I love this. So far we have generators, manifesting generators, projectors. And then manifestors are about eight to 9% of the population. They manifest through words and deeds, like using their voice is a really big deal. I mean, people who aren't manifestors can be podcast hosts, obviously, but I always encourage manifestors to like, you could be a podcast host or be on podcast or use their voice a lot and just speak. They have a very much of a yang aura. They give off energy. However, their aura can sometimes be like a lot for other people, sometimes disturbing and sort of like rock the boat. Like manifestors just have this like jolting energy. When you say yang aura, what do you mean? Just super powerful and directive and like, go get it. Like masculine? They can learn how to be in their feminine, but when they're on, they are meant to initiate things, start things, start a fire, and then let someone else tend the fire. Like they're meant to delegate a ton. Other people try to control manifestors and it's not good. Even manifestor children, like they're the leader of their family. Like the parents can try to parent all they want, but the manifestor kids are going to be the actual leaders of the family unit. It's fascinating. And then the final type is reflectors. They are less than 1% of the population. My little two-year-old's actually a reflector. All of their chakra centers are very open, so they can tend to be like super empathic, oftentimes have like psychic abilities, which I really think most of us do and can tap into, but they just like inherently know it and like stay with that power. They're lunar beings, so they're a lot more affected by the moon than the rest of us as humans. And they really get their energy from other people. And they're very, very sensitive to their environment. Being a reflector is almost like a canary in the coal mine. Like you put a reflector in a situation and they can tell you the health of that group or environment or team or whatever, by the way that their body feels. They have a lot of superpowers. It's it's pretty cool. So yeah, those are the main types. Totally check out your chart. If you go to the link that has the freebie, you can go take a free masterclass for your type and start digging in. It's pretty fun. Okay. So, but then there's numbers. What are those? Yeah. So the profiles, that takes quite a while to go through. I have specific episodes for each type, but to just give an example. So the the profiles, you'll see like two, like there's a six, two or a six, three or one, three profile is sort of like your archetype. It's like 
a costume that you wear, like a way you go about the world and how people see you and how you express yourself, like that kind of thing, sort of. It doesn't have to do as much with your energy. But to give an example, Emily and I are both six twos, which is the role model hermit. The six part of it, the role model, basically means that you have your life is divided into three parts, like zero to around 30-ish. 30 to 50 and 50 on. So zero to 30 is your experimenting time to like just play around, trial and error process, do a lot of crazy, awesome things, have fun, travel, like not that you can't travel in the future, but just like lots of different, like wear a lot of different hats. Then 30 to 50 is your time to really start stepping into that role model and embracing your specific gifts and like deconditioning and saying fuck you to any any societal rules or conditioning or anything like that. And then 50 on is sort of like Oprah style success and being a big time role model. Having Oprah on the podcast is happening. <laughs> yes. Especially the older you get. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's a great profile, but you can, on the Udubu podcast, we have most I'm almost done with all of the episodes. I think I have done half of the profiles and you can dive in there too to find out what yours means. Okay. I love that all of that is open for free because not this is a bad thing, but I've been to a lot of sites and it's like, it takes you to what you are and then you can't learn more unless you like pay for this in-depth program. And I'm like, but Tell me a little more so I can know if I want to do the in-depth program. Yeah, I think that's important. At the very, very beginning of my business, I was charging a small amount, like $11 for a masterclass, you know? But then I was like, people really need to know about that. Like, they need to go dig in. And then if they want an in-depth reading, like a mini human design reading or a 60-minute human design reading, then you can pay for that with me, but you can learn so much just through my episodes and through the free masterclass. It's so cool. You're so freaking cool. Who comes to you? Like would one of my clients, I already know the answer to this, but would one of my clients be a good fit for getting a human design reading? Literally anyone who doesn't know about human design needs to learn about it. Really the main people that human design was made for originally is parents so that we don't condition our children the way that we were conditioned. Like everybody was sort of raised as a generator, but as a generator of like, Hey, just do whatever you can to make sure that you're working that 40 to 60 hour a week job to pay the bills. So everybody was like raised in certain conditioning. So now our goal is to not have those conditions and those square boxes for kids to fit into and that's who it's for mainly. However, most of the people I work with, I work with a lot of moms, but I also work with a ton of entrepreneurs that utilize these human design processes and all the tips and everything to grow their businesses. It can be useful for anybody. It's really useful for health, like improving your health, mental health, or physical health. I can't help but think, so it's about like not putting you in boxes but it's almost like set up where you're, you put in your data and then you're spit out into a box. Yes. Okay. So that's where it gets interesting because I always say with human design, it is a toolbox 
for you to pick and choose the things that resonate with you. I've not yet had anybody who didn't resonate with their type. And the cool thing about that is that your type, the five that I just went over, is just one aspect of human design. So there's like, that is a box, but there's like probably like 20 different boxes within human design that you can go be like, okay, what does this box mean? What does this box mean? What does this box mean? And it's almost like you, instead of trying to fit yourself into a box, it's almost like you just have 20 boxes inside of a toolbox that you can utilize rather than it being like something that limits you. I also think and this is just me being honest, I don't think human design is going to be around that much longer, which is why I, in my business, I have a lot of other things that I do too, not just human design. What are you talking about? I feel like it's like the new thing. It is the new thing, but okay, weird, really crazy thing. We're in the middle of like a global cycle shift that there's like the last global cycle shift with I was I think like 400 years ago and we're in a, we're in the middle of a new one that's 2020 to 2027. I think by the end of 2027 we're not going to need human design anymore and I think it's going to fade out. So I'm taking advantage of teaching everybody about it right now, but like because we're the the purpose of it is to help you start listening to your body and your feel your energy and not force yourself to do things when you don't want to and i think that as we learn these things it doesn't need to keep being taught cuz then that will be the mode that humans are in of just knowing how to listen to their body oh i fucking hope so lofty goal yeah I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll be a little longer after 2027, but I love teaching human design and talking about it. But I also have made sure I diversified my business because I don't think it's going to be something that's going to be around for like 30 more years. That's just me. Diversifying your portfolio over here. That's so interesting. So it's like almost like this massive habit transformation in terms of like our habitual existence of how we're thinking and relating to ourselves, others, and the energy around us. Which is what you teach, habit transformation. Fuck. So in seven years, I'm not going to have a job? No, because you'll have other things that you've learned over the next few years that you'll be able to teach and guide people through. And I'll answer my own question. The cool part is that a lot of my clients who enroll with me We start off with health coaching, or at least what they think is health coaching. And once they get in tune with their body, everything opens up for them. So like when they re-enroll, that's when like a lot of the cool shit happens. Obviously, you're going to see amazing transformation in all areas of your life when we first coach together. Otherwise, no one would re-enroll with me. But when you start becoming in tune with your body that's when you start getting in touch with every other area and how that impacts you and your energetic relationship between all of these areas of life. This is awesome. I just said that what I do is awesome. Wow. Clearly I love my job. No, you said this is awesome. The culmination of the two ideas. Yes. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Because I'm thinking right now, (laughs) You were talking about before we hopped on, 
we were talking about like our audience is for our podcast. And then we were talking about like who we work with client wise. And you were saying that a lot of your clients over the past few years are in this hyper sensitivity mode right now. You phrased it in a different way. Yeah. So when I quit the music industry was right at the beginning of the pandemic, basically the music industry like shut down. So that's when I started getting this business off the ground. And maybe you could talk about this quite a bit. I just think that the whole, not the pandemic itself, like not the actual virus itself, but like that whole like us being sort of in fight or flight and the isolation and the like not ever knowing what's actually going on and if we're going to be okay. And then the like polarity with other people of like, this, anti this, blah, 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 you know, all of that kind of stuff, I think has put me and so many of my clients into this like PTSD feeling like fight or flight, which is where you step in to help your people. So can you give us some tips about your nervous system and like how to chill? Because now we have like a war going on. It's just like never freaking ending. And like, I sometimes feel like I would prefer to spend more time feeling grounded than like ah, up in my head or above my head. Yeah. Because we have, there's so much stimuli right now. It feels like you can't escape it. Like you get notifications on your phone about the news because you don't want to be like not aware of what's going on. But when you think about that, all of these micro moments add up throughout your day and are putting you in a continuous fight or flight stress response. I want to go over what that fight or flight actually is, because you hear that all the time, fight, flight, freeze. But what about when you're not in that? And what does that even mean? So here's an overall summary of it. So we have an autonomic nervous system that's responsible for so many things. One of the reasons I love it is because it's also responsible for digestive activity. So there's two branches. We have the parasympathetic and we have the sympathetic. So the parasympathetic, I remember it. I don't know. I took Spanish and para is like four. So I think of this as for you. So the parasympathetic is also known as the rest and digest response. So this is the optimal state for digestion. This is when you're in like a more relaxed state. The cool thing is when the parasympathetic system is activated, our metabolic power goes up. That's just one part of it though. All of our, our overall functioning, because our system is relaxed and we're not in like hyper aware, intense, I have to be super on mode, everything's flowing and working in a way that's serving you towards your goals, right? But our bodies are really smart. So we also have the sympathetic nervous system, which is definitely helping you achieve your goals in cases where you need to have your fight or flight instinct turned on. This is our stress response. This is how we as humans survived all of these years. So when we're stressed out, what happens is our digestion shuts down. All of our blood is flowing out to our extremities, to our brain, so we can think quickly. This is when like the textbook example is if a lion was chasing you down the street after lunch. 
Like you would not be concerned with digesting the sandwich that you just had. Your sympathetic nervous system kicks on and it would effectively shut down digestion, direct the blood flow away from the belly, out to your arms and legs for this quick moving and then up to your brain for quick thinking so you can get the fuck out of there and not get eaten by the lion. Great. Thank you for this survival mechanism. Glad I'm still here. This is truly a brilliant mechanism for our existence. But most of us do not have to confront lions, tigers, or bears on our lunch hour. But we do encounter stress. And on a physiological level, your body does not differentiate between a lion chasing you down the street and your boss yelling at you or finding out about some annoying thing that your friend just did that you're now going to be mad about. It's like one obviously is life-threatening and the other is obviously not. Or seeing an Instagram post that triggers you. That's a perfect example. And talk back about high school. Like you see an Instagram post of someone from high school that you weren't even really friends with. And for some reason it triggers you. And it's like this constant accumulation of activation of the stress response. So if on a physiological level, your body is responding in the same way, what's happening is your body is shutting off digestion. It's storing fat for survival mode. Like, think about it. Like your body's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to need that later to energize me when I don't have food. And it decreases our metabolic power. Okay, I could go into this so much, talk about cortisol, all of this. I'm looking at it through, obviously, this more metabolic state perspective, but that's the overall description of how our central nervous system works. Yeah, and so for health I mean, everybody needs to go to Emily to follow her and get all these little tips and everything because you know way more about this than me. But like the metabolic processes make total sense to me. And then it's also just your superpower as a projector is to teach people how to be more efficient. And that's what I'm thinking about is like when we're in that fight or flight all day long, we are not efficient because then you're having to be like, okay, hold on, let me calm down so that I can think rationally and like get this task done or whatever. It's like when people think that multitasking is going to get more done when in reality, it's like the worst thing that you can do ever. That's the same thing for like your nervous system overreacting to things. A hundred percent. We're in this chronic low level steady state of stress. And like, have you ever had a stomach ache or your digestion is off, you can't poop for a few days or maybe the opposite, or you're getting really bloated. I don't know. Anything that has to do with your digestion, it's because it's so synced with our nervous system. And if you're constantly in this sympathetic fight or flight state, well, yeah, you're going to have tummy aches. You're going to feel off. And so what this is telling you is it's basically, it's a signal that something is, something's off, something's got to change. So the question is what and how, and that's where I come in. I come in with the transformational habit change, looking at 
shifting that neurological connection between what you're doing and what's pleasurable to you so that you are living a lifestyle that most of the time is in a parasympathetic state, allowing you to live your fullest life. So will you give us like one quick little tip on how to get yourself semi-quickly into more of a rest and digest if you feel that you're activated? Yes. You're going to roll your eyes, everyone listening, when I say this, because you just are. The best tip is your breath. So before you stop listening, this is not about meditating for 10 minutes, okay? This is about tricking your central, this, ah, okay, I don't know if I have time to get into it fully, but basically what you're doing is you're tricking your body into thinking that it's in a relaxed state by breathing as though you are in a relaxed state. Your body's like, or your brain is like, oh my God, I thought I was super stressed out, but I'm breathing like a relaxed person. So I guess I must be relaxed. I want to trick my brain all day long. Let's do it. So here's, here's how you can do it quickly without spending like a total of an hour a day trying to do this. My biggest trick is to do the five, five, seven breath, which is breathe through your nose for five seconds. And then you hold it around your throat area for five. And then you release through your mouth all of the stale energy in your tummy. I like to do an audible release. I have to pee so bad that it's making me need to pee. I mean, that's a trick too, but that's not the intention. So this works usually even like three breaths start to get you in that state. I'm doing it. You're doing so well. It feels good. I feel high. Yeah. You do. You truly do. And that's, that's what it is. You're living in a state where you're high on life. You just have to remember to do it. I hold my breath so much and I know that it's terrible because then I get like, ugh, I just bad. So I need to do this. Yes. The remembering to do it is such a good topic. And honestly, we should have like a part two. The key to implementing these habit changes is tying them to something that you already do. So that it's not another thing that you have to remember. Like we don't want more things on our to-do list. That's not fun. So how do we tie it into our daily actions in a way that doesn't require more effort, but that's actually serving us? So maybe when I drink some tea or water, I could do it. Yes. Like every time you go up to get water, that can be your reminder. Like while you're filling your water, you can do it. It's so simple, but it's like so real. Like when I do sit and remember to fully breathe, it's like, oh, I just saved myself a whole hour of like manic thinking and frantic trying to make things happen and getting overwhelmed and just feeling even worse. And then being like, oh my God, I need to numb out in some way. Yes. And I think the resistance that most people feel towards using your breath is that You got to do it for at least five minutes or you got to hardcore meditate. No, that's not true. I mean, those are also helpful techniques, but just doing this a few times throughout your day. I know I had a client who every single time she drove home from work and it was like her 
two minute transition mode. She would put on a song and she would sit in her car before she walked into her house and she would do the breathing. And it was a game changer for her because she was received in a totally different energy state by her husband and vice versa. Well, she just raised her vibration. Her energy was different. Yes. She raised her vibration. Her energy was different. And then that leads us into, Ooh, I want to ask her what her human design is. So fun. Okay. We have like a lot of other things we still need to talk about. So maybe part two, I want to go into habit changes with you. Cause I know that's one of your expertise topics. I just took a whole year off of alcohol. And so helping people to do that, to take breaks from drinking and to also like reintroduce it. If that feels like the right thing is like a whole deal. We need to like go down the ra- that rabbit hole. And we could also talk about fun, other stories of sex and boys and things like that. You guys can hear all of my pregnancies. <laughs> that was fun. Oh my God. <laughs> Mom, I love you. Sorry. <laughs> well, I had so much fun talking to you. Okay. So for my listeners, go check out Emily with the to bra or not to bra podcast. I'll have all of her information below. And for my listeners, same. My handles, you do woo. It's just like you do woo, woo, woo all around. And you get to embrace and step into the woo. And thanks for hanging in there with us as we did this dual podcast recording. I think it's fun. Maybe we started something new where it's like, hey, why do you need to do two different recordings when you can just do one? But there needs to be like, maybe we can figure out some kind of nice little outline for people that like walks because we were sort of bouncing around, which I hope was fun for people, but we can get a flow next time. I'm into it. And thanks for coming on. Ditto. Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of You Do Woo. I know that you already have a very full life and that there are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to. So I'm super grateful to you for being a loyal listener. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your favorite episodes with friends and family members. That is how we are able to serve more people and raise the collective consciousness and really get the word out on a bunch of these fun spiritual topics that we're talking about. I would love to connect with you. Send me a DM on Instagram at youdowoo, all one word. I'd love to hear how you loved today's episode and just a little bit about you. I can't wait to connect. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.